It's a sad day, you guys. Cedric has chosen not to join us today. I'm really disappointed that he's chosen not to be here. Um, he obviously doesn't take this as seriously as I thought he did. And tried to get him to come over here, tell him it was time to be on camera, and he simply refused. So he's in the office and he's napping there. He said it's darker there and he really needs to get ahead on his sleeping because seven naps a day just isn't cutting it and he needs more. It's unfortunate that we got to this place, but alas, here we are. I have no choice but to go on without him. Thank you for your thoughts and prayers during this very difficult time within our system. What's up y'all and welcome back to Pop Cultured. My name is Carrie Lippert Gillespie. I am your host, solo host today because Cedric is not joining me. He's reserved to the office for today and uh, none of my attempts to get him to come out here worked. So alas, the show must go on. I'm here to give you all the latest pop culture news from the past week, fill you in, give you all the details and give you some friendly commentary because I always have plenty of commentary and I always have all the thoughts. You know, ever since Harry and Meghan kind of broke the pop culture world with their interview, pop culture news has kind of slogged along. There have been a couple of stories here and there that we're going to get into, but I mean, there hasn't been like a ton of breaking news in the pop culture world. So I'm just just being honest, it's kind of a kind of a slog, but the stuff I do have to talk about is good and I think you will find joy in it. So let's get right into it and let's get you pop cultured. First and foremost, we need to give a quick update and recap on the Grammys. The 63rd Annual Grammy Awards took place on Sunday, March 14th in a mashup of an outdoor setup around the Los Angeles Convention Center populated with small tables of stars and an indoor performance stage that was set up for all of the show's performances of the night. Comedian Trevor Noah hosted the entire event, which was almost four hours long. Arrgh! Let's talk about some of the highlights real quick. Beyonce made history on the night when she took home two awards. It made her the winningest woman in Grammy history with 28 awards. She was not the only person to break a record on the night. Taylor Swift won for Folklore as Album of the Year, which made her the first woman to win that particular prize three times over. Megan The Stallion took home three trophies on the night for Best Rap Song, Best Rap Performance, and Best New Artist. Harry Styles won his first solo Grammy Award for Best Pop Solo Performance. Billie Eilish took home Record of the Year for Everything I Wanted. Dua Lipa also won for her album, Future Nostalgia, and her took home the trophy for I Can't Breathe as Song of the Year. More so than even the awards on the night were the performances of the night. This was really like a three hour concert with a couple of awards sprinkled in here and there. So let's talk about some of the notable performances of the night. Taylor Swift was joined by Aaron Dressner and Jack Antoff for a fun performance and a mix up of folklore and evermore songs. Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack as Sonic Silk delivered an awesome 70s theme performance. Lil Baby had a moving performance of his song, The Bigger Picture in a stage scene of police brutality. Walking up to a wall of police officers with riot shields was very, very moving. One of the most moving performances of the night for sure. Dua Lipa absolutely rocked the stage in her performance as well with some of her most recent songs. And the most talked about performance by far of the entire night was definitely Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's performance of WAP. So I made it through most of the Grammys. I will say, I think the last 45 minutes or so, I did not watch. I just got tired, y'all. It was a long show, really long. Um, my attention span doesn't tend to be that long. 
especially when it comes to award shows. So I got through most of it and I found it pretty entertaining. I thought that Trevor Noah did a really good job. I'm really glad that the hosting part of this show was really reserved to just keeping the energy up and like keeping things moving and flowing and doing all that. I don't love when hosts, like the big part for the host is to like do some monologue with a bunch of jokes and some of them land, but most of them don't. Like that part of hosting, like to me needs to just be dead and gone. Um, because as someone who is a host for a living and, you know, hosts a lot of things professionally, whatever, like the, the part of what I do is to be a conduit to what I'm hosting for. Like I am there to help deliver a message or a performance or an interview as the host. It's not really about me and what I'm saying or what, you know, I'm doing. So this whole narrative that the host has to have this monologue and really like steal the show is like really tired to me. And I was happy to see that there really wasn't a lot of that in this show. And I think Trevor Noah did a good job. He did have some zingers and some one-liners, but there was no like long monologue of any sort, which honestly would have wasted time. And when an award show goes for three hours, time is precious. In terms of the venue and how they kind of navigated the inside outside manner of it, it was interesting. We've seen award shows kind of pivot and do their own version, you know, and all the other award shows that have happened in the past year and what they've done and they've each done their own like version of it and this was definitely unique doing the inside outside version of it i will say the outside version looked really reminiscent of like a wedding reception or whatever like look who's joining look who has finally decided to join us you guys i think it's too little too late i i don't know if i can accept this honestly all right, we just had an emergency staff meeting and um, you know, after some talking about it, we've decided to move forward and just get back to the news. So let's get back to it. I really thought that this tent and the tables, how they had it set up, it wasn't bad by any means, but just it reminded me of like a wedding reception, <laughs> a poorly attended wedding reception, mind you. Granted, I know they wanted to keep people to a minimum there, but it was fine, it, you know, they did the best with what they could with what they had, there's no doubt about that, but it was definitely just different for an award show and what we're used to. And it's not a surprise that they had the performances inside to get better acoustics and to get that all sounding right and whatnot. And they definitely did have some amazing stages, some amazing performances in terms of how they were able to make that come alive. And uh, it was interesting, that's for sure. I talked about this in my Grammys fashion recap, which if you have not seen that, I will leave a link up here right now. I recapped all the fashion there, go check it out. I really loved Megan The Stallion and loved her having this moment and this night. She was so humble and gracious and just appreciative of her awards. And it was really great to see her have a night and have a moment. And she just seems like one of those people who was worked her ass off to get to where she is and she's enjoying it. So it was great to see that. And I loved hearing her speak and hearing her have this moment to take in these awards. I also loved Harry Styles and his boas. First we got the green boa and then we got the purple boa. And Harry Styles is just a, a form of art just in and of himself. He is like art and I love to see what he does. Um, I don't know, I just love Harry. I mean, who doesn't love Harry Styles? So the boas were definitely a talk of the night and I appreciated them for sure. I also loved Taylor Swift's performance because she looked so happy and free and just wonderful. And I just love to see that from her. 
going through all the stuff with her new music and re-recording it. It was just good to see her, um, you know, having a good time and having, you know, Jack Antoff and Aaron Dresner on this on the stage with her was really awesome. They have been with her the entire time through both of these records, Folklore and Evermore. So it was great to see. And I also loved like the little cottage thing they had on there. That was, that was really cool. Like they need to rent that out to like Airbnb or something. I don't know, but it was cool. I thought Dua Lipa's performance was insane. She is beautiful and stunning and smart and all the things. So I loved her performance. Um, Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's performance was like nothing I've ever seen before. Nothing like anyone has ever seen before on network television. I'll say that much. I don't know, I, I have mixed thoughts on one hand. Um, women power, I guess. On the other hand, a little raunchy, little raunchy. And I don't know, I think there's um, an in-between space we can land here um, with WAP and then with, you know, watching two females that are pretty much naked, like grind on each other on network television. Like, I, I think there's a, like, I think there's a middle ground we can get to. Um, I don't know what that is, and I don't really care to or have the time to dissect it all. I'm not super offended by what they did, but I'm also not like, woo, like, yeah, this is great. Like, let's do this more. Like, no, I don't know if we should do that more. Like, great, but like, eh, I don't know. Like I said, I think there's a middle ground we can get to here, and we can promote the things and the progress that we need to about sexuality and being sex positive without, um, you know, seeing it played out quite like we did maybe then. I don't know, middle ground people. Let's jump right into our first big story of the week and that has to do with JLo and A-Rod. On Friday, March 12th, multiple major news outlets confirmed that the two had split and ended their engagement after four years together. But on Saturday, March 13th, the pair issued a joint statement saying, quote, all the reports are inaccurate. We are working through some things. Hours later, we got more context to the story and a source revealed that there is more to how things are progressing. Quote, Alex is convincing Jennifer to try and work things out. Jennifer is giving herself time to think about the future. They have several investments together and their children are incredibly close. The idea of untangling it all seems like a massive undertaking that she doesn't want to exit the relationship too quickly. While the two are not calling it quits for now, the source adds that, quote, Alex is fully aware that this relationship is currently hanging on by a thread, end quote. Now let's untangle this a little bit more. I saw the reports that they had broken up and that things were off. And like the story said, you know, a day or so later, we heard that that was not the case. Um, this is interesting because the two have been together for four years. They've been engaged for two years. They are a huge power couple. And as this story read, although they are not married, they have a lot of business together, a lot of investments together, um, a lot of things that they're doing together. So although they're not officially married, it does make sense that if they were to break up, there would be some splitting of things, uh, business things and assets that would have to happen. They own homes together, they have businesses together, personal LLCs, things like that. Besides the simple fact of ending a relationship and then it sounds like their kids are very close so it would be hard and a little tricky for their kids and to separate all that they've built in the last four years. This is further proof that celebrity couples are not like regular couples. They're not like you and I. Um, that's just the truth of it is because when they have two people that have so many assets and so much at stake um, and they have slowly intertwined those together in different you know avenues and different aspects, it's not as simple as saying the relationship is over, even though it's not, they're not officially married yet. There would be a lot of lawyers, a lot of untangling, a lot of things that would need to be split up. So celebrity relationships are just not normal at all. <laughs> 
Now, in terms of what would be causing this, a couple of weeks ago, I reported on this, everyone was reporting on this, but there was, you know, talks about A-Rod being involved with a Bravo celebrity called Madison LaCroix, who also was involved with Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari and the drama there. I will not unpack that all here because it would be a long convoluted thing to talk about, but I will link up here right now the pop culture episode in which I talked about that whole story and you can get more context in that sense. Let me make this clear. Madison LaCroix is a D-list celebrity. She's not even a celebrity. She's a, what I like to call a Bravo celebrity, what Juliet Littman calls a Bravo celebrity. And I agree with this. Bravo, she's on one of those trashy, horrible Bravo reality shows that is fun to watch. I don't personally watch it, but I do watch a lot of other Bravo shows like The Housewives. I'm not above them, but I can also admit how trashy they are. So there's that. She's one of those stars. She has shown us that she has a history of doing trashy things, saying trashy things, being involved with trashy controversy. I don't know. The Jay Cutler controversy is a perfect example of this. Like she has shown us that she inserts herself in these things, that this is part of who she is. Um, so we've seen that time and time again. And we saw that, uh, you know, some things came out that she was maybe in contact with A-Rod. She answered it very vaguely saying that they had never physically been involved, but did say that they had talked on the phone and done other things. So there was all this talk that A-Rod was cheating on J-Lo with this D-list Bravo celebrity, to which I just think I just don't even know what to think. I mean, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like J-Lo is a queen. She is literally the queen of queen of queens. I mean, she has done so much, is doing so much, is so talented, has an empire. And for A-Rod to just be over here, uh, not only like being disloyal to her, but like being disloyal to her, like with some D-list Bravo girl, like what? The disrespect is insane. I mean, being cheated on publicly or whatever, maybe they have an understanding. Maybe they have an open relationship, I don't know. But either way, like being cheated on by someone is, is embarrassing and heartbreaking in all the ways. But then being cheated on by like someone that's like not even worthy to be in the same sentence as you is really tough for JLo, I would imagine. So I'm not saying that this trouble is caused by Madison LaCroix and you know, they showed up at the Super Bowl presenting a very united front. And there was a lot of people saying that she is not taking the rumor seriously, but I almost guarantee they have a little talk on the side that's like, dude, what's, what's the deal? What's the deal? Because this is this is damaging everything we've built here. We've built a lot of good things. Um, you know, like we are doing pretty good here. Um, and you're doing some stuff that's going to ruin it. So we need to get it together. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But A-Rod needs to figure it out. Like it, it doesn't get better than J-Lo. Like it just really doesn't. And he has gone through ups and downs with his image throughout his baseball career. And throughout everything else he's gone through, he has not been the most loved person. Uh, but, you know, J-Lo and him together was really a power couple that everyone was excited to get on board with. And he is ruining it. Like this story with Madison is ruining it. And if J-Lo takes her shit and gets going, which I wouldn't blame her if she did, like it's going to be his fault and his fault, like completely <laughs> that this dissolved in front of him. Moving on to our next story, it is an update about Meghan and Harry, and this time it has to do with Gail King. Gail King, a friend of the couple and co-host of CBS Morning Show this morning, said on Tuesday that Prince Harry has spoken to his brother William and his father Charles since Oprah Winfrey's interview with the Sussexes aired, and those conversations have been unproductive. King said that she had called Meghan and Harry over the weekend to, quote, see how they were feeling. Quote, Harry has talked to his brother and he has talked to his father too. 
the word I was given was that those conversations were not productive, but they are glad that they have at least started the conversation. Now, during the couple's interview with Oprah, Harry was very honest that his relationship with both of those people had broken down immensely, admitting that he rarely spoke to William nowadays and that Charles, his father, had at one point stopped taking his calls. King also said that both Meghan and Harry want to quote, move forward and see healing in the family. I did an entire pop cultured episode talking about the fallout from this interview. I will link it up here if you wanna check it out, but a lot has happened and it's gonna to continue to happen because they went to the press with this. And as soon as they sat down and put this on CBS, I'm talking about their interview with Oprah, you know, they made it a news story. And so they can't really expect all of it to be handled in private now because they made it a public thing when they, they took the interview to CBS and that's fine. That's the route that they wanted to go. That's the route they felt they had to go. But then, you know, people, the consumers, myself included, like want updates. Like we want to know since you took this here and you felt it important for the whole world to know this knowledge, then the story needs to keep going and we need to get updates and we need to see how it's progressing. And that's going to keep being a news story. Um, you know, had they decided to, again, handle this privately, which it sounds like they have tried to handle it privately, but none of that, you know, proved to be fruitful. So they felt like taking it to network television was their only option. But um, they can't be surprised then when this all continues to be in the news and to be stories and to be something that people care about. In terms of if I'm surprised that the conversations were unproductive, definitely not. The interview was extremely explosive and both Harry and Meghan opened up a can of worms, um, you know, about top, certain topics that have never, ever, ever been discussed you know, with the press ever about the royal family, personal things about their family. So they opened up that can of worms. Rightfully so, they, they feel like they had to do that. There are other, you know, the other ways that they have tried to go about, you know, fixing this problem or mending some of these fences in, in private didn't work. So they obviously felt like they had to do that. That being said, like, yeah, Prince William and Prince Charles are, are gonna be upset. Like, I'm, I'm not surprised. Like, uh, they maybe have a right to be upset in some cases. Maybe they don't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, that's the truth. But I'm not surprised that the conversations were unproductive. I'm not surprised about any of this, really. Um, I think healing, like, takes a while. Like, every family dynamic is different. This is a family, let's not get it twisted. And, uh, you know, every family dynamic is, is layered and textured. And I know even through the families I've been close with, my own family, like the, the issues that we've gone through, the dysfunctionalities, every family is dysfunctional in some way, whether it's your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, and then you add in your cousins, your aunts and uncles, like there are layers to all of this. Um, every family has that dysfunctionality in some way. And none of that stuff that I've been a part of in my personal life has healed quickly. So like, why would something on this level of this magnitude heal that quickly? Like, I didn't expect Meghan and Harry were gonna go on CBS, say their piece, and the next day William and, and Charles were gonna be at their door saying, I'm so sorry, like, come to daddy. Like, let's, let's work this out. Like, no, that's not what I thought was gonna happen. I do think that, you know, maybe this could be fixed, but I think it's gonna take a while. It's great that they're talking, um, but no, I'm not surprised that it was unproductive. It will probably continue to be unproductive for a little bit. And maybe there needs to be no talking for a while. I don't know, time is a healing, a healing thing. And I don't know, I'm not sure what the answer is here. It's so messy, it's so convoluted right now. And a part of me feels really sad for what's going on within their family and how this has torn them apart because they've already gone through so much, you know, with Diana and what Diana went through and 
just all of that and it's just so layered and there's so much pain there I know I see it on Harry's face every time he talks about Diana and so there's already been so much pain in this family I know that so part of me as like a human feels for them um so I don't I don't know I don't know the answer to how this is going to be resolved and I don't know how it's going to shape moving forward but I do know that we are all privy to it now because it was brought to our attention on CBS and it's also interesting that they have chosen CBS to be their like media conduit you know the interview with Oprah was aired on CBS and now you know they're talking with Gail and obviously uh you know they got permission Gail got permission from Harry and Meghan to give this information you know on CBS so CBS is obviously their media you know conduit outlet of choice at this point our last story is some quick Bachelor news. You guys, Bachelor Nation is ablaze and is just crashing and burning before our eyes. So let's get into it. Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams are set to replace Chris Harrison on the next season of The Bachelorette. On Friday, March 12th, ABC Entertainment and Warner Horizon released a statement on behalf of The Bachelor franchise that put past leads Caitlin Bristow and Tasha Adams as a replacement for Chris Harrison as co-host for the upcoming season of The Bachelorette. The decision comes one month after Harrison said he would temporarily be stepping aside from the dating competition series after his defense of contestant Rachel Kirkconnell sparked backlash among viewers and Bachelor Nation stars. The statement read, Chris Harrison will not be hosting the next season of The Bachelorette. We support Chris in the work that he is committed to doing. In his absence, former Bachelorettes Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow will support the new Bachelorette through the next season. Additionally, the franchise said it would be focused on, quote, achieving greater equality and inclusion within the Bachelor franchise by, quote, improving the BIPOC representation of our crew, including among the executive producer ranks. So Matt James's season of The Bachelor finally ended this past Monday. It was a dumpster fire of a season, you guys. I really have stayed away from just dissecting and discussing The Bachelor a lot this season because it has been so hard to do such a thing. And I'm really going through my own internal like struggle with The Bachelor and how I feel about it. I have watched this show from pretty much the beginning. Um, the, you know, the first couple seasons, I don't think I watched, but from pretty much the beginning for however many years. And, you know, what it was to what it is now has changed so much. Um, you know, regardless of the, the, you know, problems I see with, you know, representation and whatnot in the franchise, you know, for years, for five plus years, I have been disturbed and annoyed by, you know, the amount of people that go on this show to get clout and, um, you know, go on this show so that they can become Instagram famous, quit their jobs and just, I don't know, model clothes for Revolve and do FabFitFun boxes. Like I have talked about that for several years now, basically since Caitlin Bristow's season, um, is like when we really saw the turn of like social media and how it affected the people who came on this show, um, it's felt icky to me. So for several years, I have kind of had this internal struggle with supporting this show. I do not support um, like people without talents or people who are not contributing to society in some way. I do not support making those types of people famous. I just don't. I don't see a need for it. There's a lot of people who are famous for being famous and they don't contribute to society and I don't agree with it. If you're talented, if you are bringing something about, great. We need that. We need art. We need creators. We need musicians. We need hosts. We need comedians. We need artists of all sorts and all sizes and all people who are doing things to further a narrative or just bring some beauty into the world. But there are very few of those people in this franchise who have those talents and who use this platform to build something beautiful. Most of them use it to, as I said, become Instagram influencers and 
just kind of be a pretty person who takes a pretty picture and calls it good for the day. I want to reiterate the fact that I don't think they all do that. Some of these people legitimately turn their platform that they get from this show into something really great and they start nonprofits or they use it as, as a way to, you know, take their talent and parlay it into something else. There's nothing wrong with that. But the vast majority of them, that's not the case. So I have long had, you know, problems with how the franchise has grown and how they have not really addressed or come to like good conclusions for any of the like red flags we've seen. I think this franchise has had plenty of red flags along the way and they've kind of just like, I don't know, refused to admit that they're there. And to me, that's annoying. In terms of Chris Harrison not being the host, I think that's fine. I would eventually like to see Chris come back. I think Chris is part of the show. Um, I do like notice in this statement, they said, you know, in the statement, they said that Tasha and Caitlin would be there to support the next Bachelorette through the season. So um, they did not say host the show. They said support the Bachelorette. That makes me think that they're gonna go to some kind of hybrid model where there's not really a host um, and more just Tasha and Caitlin are there to talk through, you know, when the Bachelorette does have moments when we need to like have those off camera or those not off camera, but away from the group moments. Um, you know, we, the, the lead needs to, you know, confide in someone like they will be there for that, but I don't really see them hosting per se. Maybe I'm wrong, but just the way that they worded this, um, uh, makes me think that they're going to do some kind of hybrid model where there's not necessarily a host that's needed. I think those two women are great choices. I like both of those two women for the most part. Um, and I think they're for the most part, really great representations of Bachelor Nation. I also think it's great that they're women. I love to see that. So I, I think those are that's a good that's a good move. I think it's good that Chris is maybe still taking some time away. I still stand by the fact that I'd like to see him come back at some point. That being said, I am thinking very seriously about taking a break from this franchise. Um, the only show that I really, really, truly like can't get enough of when it comes to The Bachelor is Bachelor in Paradise. And I realize that you know you watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette to get to know those people who will be in paradise. And that's what makes watching paradise fun. So part of me thinks, you know, if I stop watching the main shows, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, will I know, you know, will I have context on the people who show up at Bachelor in Paradise? And the truth is, I don't know. The other truth is though, that this show is like not fun for me to watch anymore. It's really not. Um, it's been bastardized in so many ways. And there are so many things about the franchise as a whole that are annoying to me. And I understand that like I continue to watch it. So I'm part of the problem. And yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm really leaning towards taking a break and just, I, I'm not I'm not sure yet. We'll, I'll cross that bridge when I get there, but I'm not, I'm so glad Mad season is over. I am so like the, the just the stress, like I don't wanna say stress, but just like the ickiness I felt watching it every week was very high um, for a lot of reasons. So. It just has not been enjoyable for me. And I think back to when I was younger and I started watching this show and it was just like the highlight. And it was a fun show that was just nonsense that I could watch and <laughs> drink some wine, hang out with my girlfriends in college, whatever it was. And it's just so not that anymore. And I think I need to take a break. So I don't know, we shall see. But uh, Bachelor Nation is a blaze, that is for sure. Let's get on to some congrats and condolences really quickly before we wrap up the show here. Our only congrats of the week goes out to supermodel Carly Kloss, who welcomed her first child this week with husband Joshua Kushner. Congrats to them. I also have to mention before I leave because it is too, too, too crazy to me not to mention 
that the movie She's the Man turns 15 this week. This movie gave us so many wonderful things. It gave us Amanda Bynes in her prime. It gave us a young Channing Tatum. It gave us so many good one-liners. I just, my appreciation runs so deep for this movie and I cannot believe it's 15 years old. You play the beautiful game, bro? Brother? Brother? All right, y'all, that's gonna wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for being here as always. I would love to hear your thoughts on anything I talked about today. Tell me what you think about Meghan and Harry and what's going on there. Tell me what you think about the Grammys and the Watt performance. And tell me what you think about A-Rod and J-Lo and where you see this going. I would love to hear your opinions. Truly, it would fascinate me to hear your opinions, so put them all in the comments below. If this is your first time here, hi and welcome. I'm Carrie, and I would love if you came back for next week's episode. You can feel free to subscribe, and please give this video a thumbs up. It will help you stay in touch and stay up to date for all the latest stuff going on here on my YouTube channel. I always have fashion and red carpet recaps that I roll out. I also do videos about amazing dogs looking for homes, try and highlight how many amazing animals are in shelters, and really try and get y'all to adopt, not shop. So please subscribe and stick around. I would love to have you around for future videos. In the meantime, on a day-to-day -day basis, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Carrie.Gillespie. You can also find my podcast there. We are at Candidly Speaking Podcast. Feel free to follow along. Stay in the know, stay in touch. I would love to see you there. That's gonna do it for today, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. You have officially been pop cultured.